You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, your host here, Colt Molesky, bringing you daily Wolves content. Today, the Timberwolves are playing the L.A. Lakers. I have a special guest on, one of the hosts of the Locked On Lakers podcast, Anthony Irwin, joins me today. Anthony, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Anytime. I wanted to get to Lakers stuff, and obviously this is a Wolves podcast. We're going to talk about that game, but I wanted to recognize two things first of all before we before we jump to that, just because they're, they're pretty. It's a pretty big deal. First, Damian Lillard had 44 points last night. He has 133 points in three games. It's the first time a Portland Trailblazers player has ever done that before. 133 points in just three games, and then the other one is Donovan Mitchell is the first rookie to ever lead a team over an 11-game winning streak. The Utah Jazz have won 11 straight, and the rookie has led them in scoring in all 11 of those games. He had 24 the other night. Two really good performances. I don't know if you've been paying attention to those, Anthony. I assume you are since you're pretty locked into the basketball world, as all the hosts of the Locked On NBA shows are. But just reaction to those real quick before we move on to Lakers-Timberwolves. Uh, I the for, when you said that Damian Lillard scored what was it 133 points over three games yeah. I, I feel like the Lakers have given up 133 <laughs> points over the <laughs> like on average over the last two years oh so. no <laughs> so so it's, it's it, yeah I mean way to go Damian and and I'm just I terrified if he's on this tear when the Lakers play them uh, fortunately they don't have they don't play him until early March so good thing for that and then and then. Donovan Mitchell is is just incredible. He's he's so much fun to watch, and and as great as he is at the game of basketball, he he's just he's remarkably poised for a rookie. He just he'll do these incredible things and just remain unflappable. He's really really good. No, yeah, t- two players who are playing, especially they're already they're in the NBA, so they're already pretty elite at their sport, but playing at an even higher level right now of basketball, and it's it's really fun to watch. Uh, I gotta say this again, I don't know how people tell me that the NBA season regular season is boring. Uh, I I can't get enough of NBA regular season basketball. It's always fun. Uh, so many great storylines. Let's kick some of those off. The LA Lakers. Isaiah Thomas has played his second game. Now, there wasn't a lot of minutes in his second game against the Pelicans. Uh, He was ejected after exactly 4 minutes, 49 seconds. Got into it with Rajon Rondo. I think the upside, the silver lining, is he shot 100% in his 4 minutes. (laughs) He was was, uh, 100%. He was incredibly efficient from the floor and incredibly efficient with his technical fouls. It was incredible. It it was one of the weirder ejections I have ever seen. Um, I, I didn't. I hate the double technical rule as it is, but in this case, Rajon Rondo was, and I'm biased, I guess, but was pretty evidently trying to get under Isaiah Thomas's skin, and and he started the play by kind of sticking his elbow, in like you know how KG would kind of put his hands up and and walk into a person. Uh huh. Like that's how that's how Rondo started the I guess the quote unquote altercation between the two of them and then and then after the first double technical Rondo starts wandering down 
towards the Lakers bench again where Isaiah Thomas was, and and they they draw back and forth at each other, and and Isaiah Thomas picks up his second double technical, and two guys get ejected without having thrown even a punch. It was it was amazing to watch in in real time. I got to say, if I was to draft three players though who were going to get ejected without actually throwing a punch or anything like that or grabbing somebody. It would, Rajon Rondo would be one of my three that I would have to draft. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He he would get he would get thrown out of like a YMCA <laughs> with no refs. They just the collective decided <laughs> that this was enough and he had to be done with the game. Exactly. Yeah, he he's been thrown out of pickup basketball. I uh, I was watching. I am a, a proud member of NBA League Pass. Uh, people tell me all the time I watch way too much basketball. So I was watching this game uh, with a, a couple games that I had on the other night. Uh, despite it being Valentine's Day, you got to tuck the phone. You just got to throw it up on the phone, tuck it away while you're watching the, the rom-com uh, and, and check up on the NBA every once in a while and be real sneaky about it. But I was watching on Valentine's Day. This was a, a very strange game, but one of the guys I did like watching this one, and uh, I want to get to your thoughts just on Isaiah Thomas on the, the Lakers in a second, but... Brandon Ingram has actually quietly put together a great February. He's averaged 20 points per game through February. Uh, had a down month in January, 14.2 points per game in January. Kind of coming back in February. I think he's kind of one of the underrated Lakers storylines. There's been so much happening around the Lakers with the, the Ball family, Lonzo Ball. Uh, you have uh, all the Nance dunks and then the trade. You got new guys coming in. Brandon Ingram has quietly put together a, a fairly solid season uh, after last year. And I think he's one of the quiet storylines that not everybody's paying attention to when you talk about the Lakers. But he's one of my favorite players to watch on this team. What have you thought about kind of his up and down season this year? Well, I think he is one of the more drastic turnarounds from rookie year to sophomore year that I, I can really recall in in the mm-hmm. history of my time watching basketball. And he deserves a ton of credit for that. Now, we started to see some of it after the All-Star break last year. He was a completely different player. But as you said, this, this February, all of the, the points and the, the assists and, and the efficiency that he's been playing at is, is pretty great in a vacuum. But when you add to that the context of, him playing a position that he doesn't have very much uh, experience in. He's playing point guard. He, he's the, the Lakers, when Lonzo Ball first got hurt, they started Tyler Ennis, and he is maybe the worst basketball player I've ever seen. <laughs> and, and so, like, and so Walton saw the same kind of thing and said, all right, enough of this, and basically started Josh Hart who is a shooting guard and said, Ingram, you're going to be, you're going to be our point guard until Lonzo gets back. And so the fact that Ingram has carried the burden of point guard duties and then is performing the way he is, I don't know very many six, nine sophomore wings who could, who could do that kind of thing and get as little pub for doing so as, as Brandon Ingram has. Yeah. And, He's one of those guys, too, that everybody was really excited about coming out of the draft. He's super long, but he's got outside range. Uh, I know that he drew a lot of Kevin Durant uh, comparisons in the draft. Uh, I've always thought of him more as kind of a Bradley Beal type, but I I was really looking for him to take that next step, and 
I don't know, maybe it's a little generous to say he took the next step, but he's definitely been improving, and he's been building on his consistency throughout this season, and he's had some really great months. Uh, I look back uh, to December. He had a really great December. Uh, Even November, he was playing really well, and now February, he has started out red hot, just kind of one of the the under-the-radar guys. Uh, as a collective, these young guys on this team, we've got Josh Hart, who's a rookie, uh, Lonzo Ball, uh, everybody talks about him, but you got uh, Julius Randle, who's another young guy. Just as a group, where do you think their, how do you think their development has been going? Has it been stunted by some of the off-court stuff? Uh, do you think it'll be stunted maybe by things like Isaiah Thomas coming in and he's playing for his next contract, not maybe for wins? Uh, where do you where do you rank? Uh, I guess this group on the, on a whole, how would you give them a grade? I suppose. Well, on the whole, I'd give them, you know, like a B, a solid B. Mm-hmm. B's get degrees, you know, kind of thing. But <laughs> um, but I would, they've done, I think the Lakers have done a phenomenal job at finding role players, and especially, you know, like late in the first round. And, it, and it, you know, if the Lakers are ever good again, that's a, that's a skill that will be invaluable for them because you need it. In, in this day and age of the NBA, you need your superstars, but then you also need rookies or, or young players to outperform their their rookie contracts in order to be an elite team. You know, think of the the Raptors with OG and Nobi, or I, I always forget how to pronounce his name, or, or the Celtics with their young guys to play alongside Kyrie Irving, and and now the Cavs are are figuring out the value in that in in trading for Larry Nance Jr. He's going to have an impact, and it's going to extend beyond what he's making this year and the one problem though with the Lakers is that they don't have that star right now mm-hmm. and you know you have you you host the Wolves podcast the the big difference between the Lakers young core and the Wolves young core is that Carl Anthony Towns is a bona fide star he's he he's on pace in my opinion he when it's all said and done I could see him very easily being a hall of famer kind of talent and I just Right now, maybe Ingram maybe eventually develops into something close to that, you know, perennial all-star type player, or maybe Lonzo does something similar. But as it stands right now, the Lakers don't have that superstar. And and in the NBA, it's kind of a non-starter when you don't have a superstar to build around. That's why the Lakers are so invested right now in, in trying to shed as much salary as they can and land a Paul George or land a LeBron James or, or whomever that, that Magic has his eye on either this offseason or next. No, yeah, and I was just about to reference that too, is that that's uh, the, the big difference as well is they went out and traded for Jimmy Butler. And so when you had Towns starting off with kind of the bumps and bruises on defense this year, yeah, it wasn't a huge deal because Jimmy Butler was still there to kind of Boy, the the growth of the defense, especially mm-hmm. from Towns and from Andrew Wiggins as well. And so then you had that evening keel there. And then once the ship was righted, you have Towns playing really well on defense. Uh, and he has been a double-double machine. You have Wiggins, who hasn't been contributing a ton on offense lately, but he's still he's improved his defensive play. And then Butler has kind of brought all this out of them. And so that's, if I'm looking at the Lakers, really – this season is about trying to build your sales pitch for the summer. Yeah, absolutely. And and 
I, you make great points about Jimmy Butler, and, and I would put it this way. I think one of the best things you can do, I mean, period, in basketball, I think the small forward is a, a good, versatile wing is the most valuable piece that you can have on an NBA roster. But for a young team to have a Jimmy Butler who alleviates pressure on Carl Anthony Towns by being as good as he is on the perimeter defensively, and then also can teach Andrew Wiggins some of the tricks and stuff that he has learned to be as good as he is defensively on the perimeter. Like that's just that's perfect for what the Wolves need. And and when I you know when you think about the Lakers and the additions that they could make this this off season, if they are able to land, like personally, I would I would prefer they really target Paul George. I've always loved his game, and he is a phenomenal defender. And it, he could have that same kind of impact on the Lakers where he alleviates some of the issues with the, you know, guys blowing by perimeter guys and putting interior guys in bad spots as they rotate over to help. And then he could also turn around and help guys like Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma figure out things defensively while also alleviating that pressure. It's, it's it, Jimmy Butler. Uh, I, I don't think he'll get very much MVP cred because of some of the performances going around the NBA, but he, Almost, I, I can't say enough of the job that he's done out there in Minnesota. I've loved watching him play this year, mm-hmm. and I've been I've been touting since mid December that he should be an MVP candidate. Uh, I think too for uh, Paul George, if he doesn't stay in Oklahoma, and you have the Clippers or the Lakers trying to make a push for him, I really feel like if he ends up on the Lakers, that almost seals the deal for LeBron going there, just because I'm not sure if LeBron wants to go there and start off with a a brand new roster, Mm -hmm. but if you've got an established guy like Paul George with the young role players that you have already in Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram, that's when you're able to pull in a LeBron James. Uh, We're going to take a quick break for some sponsors before we get to the, the Lakers trade deadline activity. Where do you stand when you have to give up younger guys, uh, Nance, Clarkson, and you get back Isaiah Thomas, Chain Fry, a second round pick? Would would you have like would you have liked to get a first round pick and maybe not gotten as many players back, or are you fine with the trade? Well, the, the trade was uh, for a first rounder. They got the Cavs first rounder, so they that was. It, it, Frankly, that makes the trade. Yeah, getting that's the first true. Round pick, getting the first-round pick, like they, it, there's a reason the Lakers were the only team across the entire NBA on trade deadline day to land a first-round pick. They are they are a golden commodity, given the CBA and given the way, <laughs> given the excuse me the talent level of some of these rookies as they're coming in. Uh, that that first-round pick gives the Lakers all kinds of options that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Uh, beyond that. Like I, I, it's the rare trade that's a win-win for both teams. It's obviously I think the Cavs would, you know, might come to regret giving up a first-round pick. But when you look at the impact that guys like Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. have already had on the Cavs, you kind of can live with that as a Cavs fan because at the end of the day, is that is that Cavs for, is a is the twenty-fourth overall pick going to keep LeBron in Cleveland? Probably not, but. Will a lengthy playoff run and potential finals run keep LeBron in Cleveland? That that I could see, right? And mm-hmm. so, and for the Lakers, uh, it's it's 
it gives them the opportunity to sit down with LeBron this summer. And as you alluded to earlier, they can basically say to LeBron, all right, we have enough room to give you the full max. You don't have to worry about a pay cut. And you can pick whoever that you want to play with, whether it's Paul George and he can come in free agency, or we can use some of our young assets to bring in the guy that you want. Um, and we can use that a first rounder, our first rounder, whatever it might be to get, the guy that you want to play with and and that can fit under that in into that salary spot that that we opened up by trading away Jordan Clarkson's contract and and they're probably going to have they're they're going to waive Luol Deng this this coming summer so so or not waive but stretch and so they'll you know for both teams they walk away from that trade and say we we'd make that trade every day of the week and twice on Sunday is there any chance that Isaiah Thomas is still a Laker next season. No. No, and, mm-hmm. and it's for two reasons. It's one I just don't the the Lakers have to be risk averse and the the floor and ceiling of what Isaiah Thomas could be, the gap there between his floor and his ceiling is is pretty extreme. Five six point guards don't usually age particularly well. And so the Especially Lakers, when they, they have a hip injury. Yeah, exactly, and so, so that's that's you know one reason, and the other reason is LeBron hates them. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so like if they're if they're hoping to sign LeBron and then they keep Isaiah Thomas, somebody who he pretty obviously clashed with in Cleveland, those those two things can't quite go hand in hand. And you know, I kind of made the joke when they when they traded for Isaiah Thomas is that he can actually help the Lakers land LeBron by bringing Isaiah to the free agency meeting and, and telling LeBron, all right, but you, you now have the opportunity to tell Isaiah Thomas he has no future in Los Angeles. <laughs> and I'm sure LeBron would actually enjoy that, that exercise. It feels like, too, uh, and I know that he's only been a Laker for, what has it been now, not even a week, but mm-hmm. it feels like Isaiah Thomas has kind of soured since the Boston deal, I think that he was si- kind of uh, sideswiped by that, didn't see it coming at all, and then he was in Cleveland all of a sudden, and he didn't like the environment in Cleveland, didn't like that he was injured, didn't like that he was traded, and so you have all these quotes coming out of what he's saying in the locker room, what he's uh, saying to media after games about effort, about uh, doubting injuries and things like that and illnesses of his teammates uh it feels like and then you have his early ejection in the pelicans game against raja with uh the raja rondo innocent incident it just feels like he's not going to be a great presence in any locker room for a little while and that doesn't help his case either well it's one of those things that it's kind of those those whispered things that go on behind the scenes but in sacramento he wasn't exactly a great locker room presence. In Phoenix, he clashed with teammates. And then he goes to Boston and has, like that season could not have played out any better for him on or off the court until the playoffs when he hurt his hip and, and unfortunately lost his, his sister. And look, I almost feel bad for the guy. He went from, if he doesn't get hurt and has a, a decent uh, playoff run where he, he is 100% throughout and he comes into this season, even if he gets traded, and he comes into the season healthy, there's a good chance that he walks away this, this upcoming summer and still has a respectable contract. I, at this point, given what we've seen from him 
on and off, you know, on the court and in the locker room in Cleveland, and and so far he's been fine in Los Angeles, but it's it's still pretty early. I I just don't see how a team, given how little money there is to spend this year, gives him a lengthy uh, and and a fruitful contract, given all of the concerns, both both him with him physically and mentally. It's it's kind of it's kind of a shame that he's probably cost himself. You know whether it's stuff in his control or not, but he's probably cost himself about a hundred million dollars this year. I think that's I don't think that's that's that crazy a thing to say. Well, and too, you bring up the first game, even uh, the five fouls in the fourth quarter. Like it's clear you can get under his skin, and he's got head stuff that he lets affect the game a little bit. Uh, to, in his defense, early in his career, uh, Sacramento never had a great locker room when Boogie was there, and the Suns had what was it like twenty five, thirty, a hundred <laughs> point guards that they were trying to play all at the same time. Uh, so those weren't great situations, but still. Uh, it's it's been an interesting run. I've had a lot of people too bring up that if he isn't injured in the playoffs, uh, then he's still a Celtic. You trade for Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is yeah. just one of those guys you trade. You have to go out and get when he's available. And so I don't think that yeah. changes anything at all as far as the trade. But it is unfortunate because he was so much fun to watch last season, Mister Fourth Quarter. Uh, moving more to the immediate future, uh, Lakers play the Timberwolves right before the All Star break here. I really like this game for the Timberwolves just because they really need uh, a bounce-back game. They've had a rough uh, last 12 games. Uh, they've lost 8 of their last 12. And they've, they've had a rough go of it. They're at home right before the All-Star break playing the Lakers, who have struggled defensively. Uh, and it should be a fun game viewing-wise as well just because it's the 6th offense in uh, the Timberwolves versus the 11th-ranked offense in the Lakers. What are you expecting out of LA as we head into the All Star break here? Just get there. Same for the Timberwolves, though. Same for the Timberwolves. Well, it's funny because, like last night, I'm, I I tried to you know evaluate what was going on, you know what's been going on defensively for the Lakers, and and on one hand, you can say, well, maybe the chemistry is a little mugged up because they are they they just traded away two popular guys in the locker room and and they're still trying to find their way with the guys that they got back on the court and in the locker room and but really I think it comes down to they are days away from a vacation and when you get to this point in the season and lose as much as the Lakers have that vacation starts you just kind of you you start looking ahead to the vacation and you just want to get there and I think that's where the Lakers are and and I think with with the Wolves too, like playing for a playoff spot in this Western Conference has to be taxing because any given night, while the teams in terms of wins and losses haven't been nearly as impressive as as maybe people thought heading into the year, it's still an insanely competitive uh, field to have to trudge through. <laughs> Especially that Oklahoma City has kind of found themselves a little bit over the last yeah. month and a half. And 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 Utah all of a sudden has forgot how to lose basketball games. It's just mm-hmm. it, they've it, the the entire Western Conference is starting to look like the Western Conference that that we kind of that most people predicted. And for the Wolves, I can imagine it's just all right, let's just get to this, let's get to this uh all-star break 
get there healthy, and then we'll try to we'll try to make do with the second half of the season as best we can. So I think both teams, like I think we could really we could probably see a pretty sloppy game tonight just because both teams are are probably pretty exhausted. Well, and the the real problem too is that for this game, I'm. Looking at this game, Jeff Teague should have a really good night, right? Jeff Teague should have a yep. really, really good night. But you don't know until 10 minutes into this game if he's the best point guard. And he's playing against Josh Hart. And yeah. so I, that that's a real problem for me. Uh, I think that the guys you expect to go off, uh, Butler, Towns, I think both those guys will have really big nights. I think they'll have uh, no trouble scoring. It's it's just other things like that where matchups that should be easy wins for a guy like Teague or for a guy like Wiggins, uh, you just aren't exactly sure how they're going to do it on the offensive side. And the Lakers are definitely a team that can put up points. And while the Minnesota defense has been better over the last month and a half, it's still in the bottom half of the NBA. So if the Lakers are starting to get hot, especially from deep, the Timberwolves are going to have to, to kind of match them and is is a difference between a team that likes to play more half court offense versus the Lakers who will definitely try and pick up the pace of this game. And so I'm less worried about a team that I'm less worried about the Timberwolves uh losing this game as far it, rather than them just being sloppy and they have a 20 point lead and all of a sudden it evaporates to 5 points. I don't want to see them do that. I want to see them get out there, get the lead and then take their starters out as soon as possible. Yeah, I would I would add the matchup I'm really looking forward to in this game is Towns against Randall. Uh Randall for whatever reason, well we know the reason he's he's pretty good at it, but he has gone out of his way to just bully Everybody, poor Nikola Mirotic last night. It was like he was faced up against Bobby Portis again. You know, it, it was. It, and and uh, Kristaps Porzingis earlier this year had no idea what to do with Randall when he got into his chest. Poor Carmelo Anthony might have had nightmares after Randall <laughs> got done with them in, in one of their matchups. And so it'll be it'll be fun to watch tonight um, if Randall really you know if he has anything left in the tank after playing the night before and and like i said earlier they they all just want to get to the all-star break but it'll be really fun to watch tonight how towns handles randall's physicality and how randall handles uh carl anthony towns skill level it's it's a really fun matchup and 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 you know if, if it was a boxing match it's two completely different styles but i think it's the kind of fight that you know everybody looks forward to big time Oh, absolutely. Uh, we're going to take one more break for our sponsors before we uh, wrap up the conversation of the Lakers on the row versus the Timberwolves. You talk about Julius Randle. Quick question for you as a guy who's every game following the Lakers. Why is everybody trying to get rid of Randle? I understand he's had his problems and he's not the, the perfect player and maybe he's played under expectations, but why is everybody so concerned with getting rid of Randall instead of just trying to develop him? I think he could develop into something that's actually fairly solid. Well, I'll put it this way. I don't know very many players in the NBA who can guard one through five the way Randall can. And to me, right there, right then and there, that right there is, is enough for me to want to invest in the kid's future. And the other thing, too, is 
defensive impact often gets overlooked, especially on bad teams, right? It's one thing when you're Draymond Green on the Warriors and, and it's such a good team that that defensive ability gets highlighted because of how good the rest of the team is. Mm-hmm. The the Lakers are terrible. They aren't a good team. So when you when you think of when you think of, you know, bright spots to look for, you 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 get drawn to the Kyle Kuzmas who can score basically at will against just about anybody. You get drawn to Lonzo Ball's passing ability because he he seems to open up the game for other people there, but with with Randall, you kind of have to be you, you have to look at the game in a more nuanced fashion. You have to watch him specifically to see the things that he does to make an impact defensively and and the casual fan doesn't really do that that's not what a casual fan watches a game for right like like think of a a casual fan watching a football game it's not like they're watching the trenches they're watching how antonio brown gets open on the perimeter they watch how you know a x or y really good running back cuts through uh the that offensive line not necessarily the line that's opening up the hole for that running back to run through and and randall to me feels like that that important player whose impact gets overlooked because it's kind of ugly it's 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 not the thing Mm -hmm. you really look for no yeah i I think you're absolutely right i would definitely give him a couple more years before i was i was out on him just because i do like he has he is a tenacious defender and he can defend a lot Mm -hmm. of different kind of players i so the matchups to look for in, in, in this one, what? Well, the, the the other thing I was going to add about Randall too is that this this market isn't going to be very fruitful for free agents. So mm-hmm. there's a really good chance that the Lakers can sign him to a pretty team friendly deal over the next couple of years, and and you know if you're able to do that, then I I, I just don't see any downside to bringing him back. No, yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. Uh, so, yeah, the matchups to watch in this one, Towns versus Randall. I think Jimmy Butler, uh, the, you talk about the Lakers just trying to get to the all-star break. I think Jimmy Butler is going to take advantage of that offensively, and there's going to be some plays uh, really lax on offense that he's going to be really fun to watch in this game. So I would be watching for that as well. Uh, I'm a huge gambler. And so I always ask all the guests to give me uh, a score prediction based solely on my desire to bet on the over-under for the games. Uh, what do you think this game comes out to? Well, for one thing, it's either it's either going to be a really high-scoring game or it's going to be a really low-scoring game. And if it's a really low-scoring game, it's not going to be, be because of how good of the, the defense is. It'll be because these guys are just tired and and they have you know they they come up short on shots you miss a lot of makeable shots so i don't know how i would predict the over under i would i think the safer bet is to bet the over and i think it 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 becomes one of those you know 125 to 110 type of games Mm -hmm. uh in in the wolves favor is how i would probably predict this one yeah i was i was thinking that as well really really high scoring for uh, especially the Timberwolves, they probably put up around one twenty five, one twenty eight, somewhere in there. But I, I don't know. They they just had such a a rough February, and they've been kind of floating through some games, especially against teams that aren't very good, like the the Hawks. Uh, so I feel like the the Lakers should put up over a hundred points as well. And there's gonna be there's gonna be a time where uh, Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle really hit a stride, and they're knocking down everything in like the third quarter. And so I think there's a, a real good shot of them putting up about 105, 107 points. Uh, 
Before we head out here, one last thing I wanted to bring up to you. I saw on, what was this on? I think it was on Snapchat, uh, but maybe on Twitter as well. Kyle Kuzma, I believe it was, saying that Kobe told him that he drives to the basket light-skinned and he needs to drive to the basket dark-skinned. That's probably the best quote that I've seen in 2018 of basketball. Uh, what are your thoughts on that before we head out here? It, well, it was, it was. I think that was Jordan Clarkson who had that. Was it Clarkson? Uh, yeah, it was. It was a Clarkson quote because it was when Kobe still played with Clarkson, and they and and Kobe was telling him basically he needed to go harder to the to the basket, and and one of Clarkson's first plays in, against the Boston Celtics, he was out on the break. And he jumped from way further than I think he anticipated, and he somehow got to the rim and he dunked it really hard. And that quote kind of recycled back through, and and he said that yeah, he's still he's still driving to the basket dark skinned. Uh, but <laughs> There's the context <laughs> from Anthony. Thank you, Anthony, for the context. Uh, I had no idea. I just brought it up because that was a fantastic quote. It's great. It's, <laughs> it's great. It's it's funny because Kobe, uh, he's. He's a weirdo. Like he's an actual psycho. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So, <laughs> and so, like that being that being his coaching is <laughs> is is pretty. That pretty much sums up Kobe the mentor <laughs> over the last couple of years of his of his career. That's like uh, that's kind of like a professor walking up to me like during a test and saying, "You just got to fill out these answers like a smart person, not a stupid person." Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for that. That was yeah. very helpful. I appreciate all all your support. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just get that answer right. Just just do it well <laughs> and not not do it poorly, and then you'll be fine. Exactly, that's good. That's uh-huh. good. <laughs> Gotta love anytime I can get uh, a quote about a player talking about advice he got from Kobe. I'm gonna bring it up, especially when I have a, a Lakers host of a, of a Lakers show on. But anytime I can get a quote from that, I'm I'm gonna bring it up because those are always amazing. Yep. Uh, thank you, Anthony, for coming on. Do you have anything to plug before we leave? No, just uh, just tune into the show. We do just like you do. We do the show Monday through Friday. It's uh, locked on Lakers on iTunes, and then I write at, at Lakers Outsiders, and and uh, you never know when the next column about whatever weird stuff is going on might drop. But but no, thank you very much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Always a joy to have on another Locked On host. Uh, Make sure you check out the Locked On Lakers podcast, uh, Lakers Outsiders, and go out and check out Locked On NBA. Uh, All all the teams have a Locked On podcast dedicated to them, so go check them out. All our hosts work tirelessly throughout the week to bring just the best day-to-day content on the specific teams of that city. They're all really good at their job. Go check them out. And thank you to the listeners for listening to another installment of the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast.